Hey everyone, welcome to episode 35 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined by Blood Tithe Ben. Hello. How you doing, man? You right? Very good, as always. Good, good, good. Well, I just want to say happy birthday for tomorrow recording, but the Thursday before the episode came out. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, cool. We've got anything nice planned? Um, no, just not panicking about the tournament, which is good. That's, that's <laughs> a good birthday present in itself. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's fantastic. Uh, thanks very much for coming on the show again. So, what are we talking about on episode 35? Um, we'll be talking about a slash team list, some tiering systems, and the usual games, hobby, and star players. Fantastic. Right, let's get to it. Right then, first things first, Blood Bowl news. So, not a massive amount this week, just a couple of previews, really. Yeah, so we have the Carnage Elves Kickstarter, which we saw pop up on Facebook recently. Yeah, Rich tagged us in this to sort of say, "Hey, this is coming up." But this is just um, this is just their project draft at the moment. Yeah, so I'm not sure when it's out. There's a notify on launch. I don't think they've given a full. Uh, I think it's just had a few weeks. Um, that's about a week ago. Yeah, the cool thing is with this is that they've got a little pop up on the top there, which means you can you can give um, feedback and things. I've not had a chance to read through it all, but it's uh, there. You go. It's quite. They've got a few bits in there about the actual the actual Kickstarter. Anyway, the thing that the thing that got my interest was the elves, which are amusingly not on the Kickstarter page at the moment. Yeah, I, I remember checking this a few days ago, and they they were there, but they don't seem to be on there anymore. But they <laughs> like the image for the Kickstarter is one of their new elves, and it <laughs> exactly. looks really good. Um, so this is uh, Fantasy Football Team Carnage High Quality Resin Miniatures, a set of highly detailed resin miniatures for fantasy football games on Kickstarter. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can jump on and have a look, and hopefully, if you like the look of what they've got, tag it to um, to see it when it really does go live. But yeah, we're not entirely sure which models are advertising. There's a lot of teams on there. Yeah, there's like a Norse one, some Slan, I think, and then some Chaos Dwarves, which I think are like, I think they released these a while ago, and they're redoing them in resin, and like higher yeah. scale. Yeah, so we're not yeah. not entirely sure, but the the thing is, the the elves and things that aren't on the page right now, they look really good, and I, th- I really like the Slan models, I think the Lizardmen, like um, the bigger red guys with spikes look very, very cool. Yeah, yeah, there's some, <laughs> it's really nice to sort of see so many in one place. Yeah, but it is a bit confusing. So the prices that they're playing with at the moment are twenty euros for one team STL files. So we've seen this from a couple of Kickstarters now, where they're send, they're selling the digital files for you to print the team as many as you like, and and twenty euros to then print a team. I mean, yeah, let's say good. it costs ten pounds for materials to print a team off, like tops. Um, you know, forty pounds or forty euros, you've got a couple of teams there. For you can print out, and then they're doing 35 for two teams and 45 for three teams, 50, um, and they can print them out for you. It's yeah, it's um, it, it's looking quite interesting. We're not entirely sure what it is, but keep an eye out for it because the elves are really quite cool. I mean, the one in the banner, what do you reckon, Ben? Pro elf, dark elf? I think that was one of their pro elves when I saw it before. 
but they use the same I'm pretty sure they use like the same or similar models like styles for Dark Elf, Wood Elf and Pro Elf from what I remember but then they got yeah. like Tree Man and stuff like that and different poses and things but they all look kind of similar but I think this was the Pro Elf one I mean it's got like sort of like a regal looks kind of high it does, elf it it does. Was, yeah yeah it definitely does have a I think I think Pro Elf I think it's just yeah. the belt that does it yeah it definitely. looks pretty classic but yeah um, listed on there we've got the, the Norse team which are very muscular. Very, yeah. <laughs> Almost um, two, but can't believe I'm yeah. saying that. No, I know, right? There's a, there's some yetis, there's some ulf warriors, which is cool. Uh, it's nice to see ulf warriors that are not just um, massive berserkers or, or clearly meant to be werewolves. They're yeah. quite... I'm not a huge fan of the models, but they are very indicative. You can tell exactly what they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you said this. What well, they've got the Volmarian team, which is your Chaos Dwarf team, and those Chaos Dwarves are awesome. Yeah, they're proper old school. Love them. They are proper old school. I'm really looking forward to seeing well, a, a really good Chaos Dwarf team from Games Workshop. I'm interested to see their direction because all these other companies have got them, and I don't know. I'm just nothing has got it quite right for me so far. I'd love to see the Chaos Dwarf team in the style of the. Do you know the Iron Golems? They have like a little Chaos Dwarf with the um, that big bucket helmet. Oh, wow. And it covers yeah. his whole head, yeah. Like, That's it's, it's... one of the, the new warbands from Warcry, the skirmish yeah. game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'd love to see a team like that, because like, he's fantastic. That would be that would be very impressive. So, yeah, so that we don't have a huge amount of information on that one so far, but keeping our fantasy football team carnage um, from... Who's it from? Heresy Lab? Yeah, Heresy Lab, yeah. Heresy Lab. Cool. Right, what else is on the news list, Ben? Um, we have uh, some like a, some preview pictures from Vortice Miniatures. They've got oh, a Kickstarter yes. coming. Yeah, this was up on Facebook. So, fortunately, Facebook translates things. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, as it reads, advance in the Reva Bowl tournament of our next team that will soon be available on Kickstarter. But... What are we thinking this is? Tomb Kings? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Definitely Tomb Kings. So they're just preview pictures at the moment, and I can't share this in the show notes because I don't have a link um, direct to their page, but check out Vortice uh, Miniatures. Um, They have got basically these undead mummy, very Egyptian models with cool ghosts like flying out of them and bursting out of them and things, which could be really interesting two-piece models. And I think, from the looks of this... That the additional ghost parts, where they're kind of printed in a green, I wonder if they're going to provide them printed in that green or or cast in that green resin, so you kind of get that, like you know Necrons in 40k, they've got the green yeah. see-through bits that kind of glow. I wonder if they're going to provide these pieces actually cast in that resin to go for the ghost effect. That would be a really nice touch because it's easily done now with 3D printing. Obviously, you see it quite often with like sort yeah. of translucent green and translucent red and things. Now, you know what, even taking away the cool ghosts bursting out, the models themselves look brilliantly sculpted. Oh, so good. Yeah, this really hyped me because I feel like Kemri is one of those teams you don't see often. You so, don't see often. Yeah. I think Kemri and Dark Elf, Kemri, Dark Elf and Vampires, they're missing a kind of iconic, the best team. There's a bunch of teams that are fine, but I think Kemri are probably underrepresented. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think the RNE Studios one, um, I think they've got a big one. Yes, but I, I but I don't know if that's just because I can picture the giant mummy star player. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know me; I like the big guys in Blood Bowl. Yeah, all the fun, all the fun bits. But yeah, so it'll be interesting to see uh, their Kickstarter come live. That's forty minute miniatures. 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that one because it, it could be really, really cool. So Games Workshop have dropped a bunch of news for, I think, literally every other game system except Blood Bowl recently. Yeah, we've noticed this, actually. Um, Titanicus has been getting a lot of love recently. Um, Titanicus, uh, Aeronautica yeah. Imperialis, yeah. the the plane games, they got planes for that. So what did uh, we just Net- have? There was a big show, wasn't there? What was- well, they had the LVO yeah. a couple of weeks ago. That was it. And then there was uh, something over the weekend or the weekend before. Was um, it Adepticon? Has that been yet? I'm not sure. No, I think it might be later on. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we, we've seen the, the Hiles be previewed for Age of Sigmar. We've seen the Tau planes. We've seen extra Titans for a, for a Titanicus. We've seen stuff for Necromunda. We've seen uh, new Warcry releases. We've seen releases for absolutely everything except Blood Bowl. Which makes me think that in the next few weeks they'll find a way to do a Blood Bowl Splash release. That would be very cool. Just like a dedicated purely to Blood Bowl. They'll just be like, boom, here's the Blood Bowl release. This is what's going on. Now, they had the Super Bowl last weekend, so they had a big event at Games Workshop HQ for the Super Bowl. I was really kind of hoping they would do a release or some kind of preview on that. It seemed Mm. like such a great opportunity. Absolutely. Um, When else? Yeah, but they didn't. So I, I don't know. We're, we're, we're kind of hanging on. Now, they previewed the Ogres, what, November? And they boom, they hit in December. And they did a great job. So we're now in the two-month-later mark, and I reckon I reckon it'll be a March release, and I don't know what team it's going to be. I'm calling Vampires. I'm going to call Vampires. I know we've we've said it. We've had a few go round. What's, what's, your, what's your team to win? Oh, man. You see... I don't know. Vampires would be awesome. I think I think the team we need the least right now is High Elves. Yeah, I agree. Easily so, converted. And my insanely British style pessimism thinks that that means that they'll go for High Elves. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, I think, I think Vampires because we've seen... I mean, the last two teams they've done have been where they've taken teams with only two player types and added a third. With ogres and lizardmen, and vampires are also one of those teams, and so I think they're going to tackle that in the sort of following the trend that they're doing right now. That's my justification for it, at least. Well, you know, I think vampires are definitely in the in the market for something something slightly different, aren't they? Yeah. And what that is, I don't know. I mean, uh, wouldn't surprise me if they didn't put zombies on the team. Hmm. Um, because there's a there's a there's a secret team on Fumble. I think it is the von Karstein or something where they actually they can take a couple of zombies on their line because to get that undead vibe they can't bite them because they don't have the thrill keyword but you get kind of a regenerating chaff or something I don't know I can just see them doing I can't see them bringing in another vampire yeah like a big vampire I can't see that either to be honest like yeah no like a big vampire or a pro vampire or one with block or something I can't see them adding a vampire positional um which then makes me think, well, what are they going to do with the thralls? Because the thralls are quite cheap. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, they may even just add some um, some whites, uh, some like skeleton champions, or it's not a just, bad idea. Just thrall blitzers, maybe. Just something to add a little bit of value to the team. I don't think a couple of blitzers or a couple of thralls with armor eight and block, and maybe strength access. I don't think that would be all that overpowering. Well, they're not a massively overpowered team, are they? Like, I don't think you could do... 
I, I think a small change would be nice just to help give them a little boost. Yeah, add a bit of sauce. Yeah. Uh, they're definitely the very bottom end of tier two, which is a yes. bit of foreshadowing because we're going to be talking about Blood Bowl tiering a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, they are definitely the last team in tier two before you get to stunty they're probably the fourth worst team yeah that's a fair assessment <laughs> fourth yeah, worst. yeah the fourth worst team after the three stunty teams so yeah interesting I, I just i'm really excited to see what comes out with that um because yeah my money is on a release soon or a, a preview soon something soon because it's been a bit quiet yeah fingers crossed uh, that is it for miniatures news ben have you seen anything else in the warhammer world are you thinking oh that could be useful for blubble um, hmm. I try. I tried hard and hard to try and get these aeronautica planes into Blood Bowl, but <laughs> imagination only stretches too far. Um, that I don't know. I don't know. Okay, what's that car game? Um, where, where online where you drive around and play soccer with cars? Oh, Rocket League. <laughs> yeah, could we do Rocket League with, uh, with planes with aeronautica imperialis? It's probably a bit far. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen people already using the Warcry Minotaur. Um, we saw that pop up. Yes, there is a chap coming to Beachhead this weekend, and he sent me a preview of that. And I know you guys saw it on. The, did he post it on the, the Blood Bowl community or something? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yes, he's done a great job. That model was absolutely dying to be in a Blood Bowl team, and I yeah. cannot wait to see it this weekend. And I think I'm going to really struggle not to pick one up. Um, I've been good. I've been good. We've been moving house, so I've been focusing on that. But yeah, I think if there's no Blood Bowl release, that might have to be my hobby project. Uh, it's too tempting. Too tempting. It is too, <laughs> far too tempting. Uh, so talking of tournaments, we've got a few coming up. This Saturday, when this episode goes out on the 8th of February, we have Beachhead Bowl. If you're listening mm. now and you're not there, it is probably too late uh, to come along. But hopefully you're one of the nearly 40 people that are coming to play on that day. And hopefully one of the thousands that are going to the Beachhead 2020 Games Convention anyway. So exciting. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. The list of games, the list of traders is really cool for this convention. So actually, if you are listening and you're within an hour or so of Bournemouth and you're like, I've got nothing to do today on Saturday or Sunday because it's a two-day games convention, um, mosey on down to the Bournemouth International Centre and just, yeah, come and have a look at toys and buy things get your paints just come down and make it uh, just make a weekend of it they've got a huge list of vendors now it's really impressive yeah i know some of the guys from the club have already said hey can you pick up this while you're there (laughs) and stuff so um that's craig wants me to pick up the new uh ogre warband for shadespire oh yeah they're they're great the trappers i yeah i was like i don't know if i could fit that in blood bowl i thought maybe (laughs) i don't know i thought the crossbow guy could be your fire belly for the inducement and i was like that makes sense there's a column of fire you could yeah. shoot it across the pitch yeah uh, but i don't know might have to might have to give that one a skip um, but but yes yes it's worth noting as well um if you are planning on coming just plan your parking situation because bournemouth can be a bit tricky for parking that is a so very try. good point yeah um i need to plan my parking situation because uh I, well basically what i'm going to do is borrow borrow a uh, a truck from from work not not like a truck truck not like a lorry but a wheelie uh not like a wheelbarrow thing but the thing that parcel people use to like oh, yeah. loads of boxes so all my tournament stuff is going in um big crates you know moving crates and i'm just going to wheel it up 
You've got to park down the road and just wheel it on up rather Genius. than take box after box. I know it's like the natural progression from club night is is this night. Um, so yes, way. we've got Beachhead on the 8th of February. We've got Marnable Stunty Cup in Birmingham, which is secret, no, Fumble Stunty League only tournament. Should be a really great time. Uh, there is Thorball 4 on the 7th and 8th of March in West Sussex and we got to, got to do this shout out which was really really cool so this this was Matthew Perring uh, so this is for Don't Drink the Water Bowl um, Don't Drink the Water Bowl 18th of April in Vienna West Virginia so Blood Bowl tournament there but the best thing is is uh, <laughs> so he, he dropped us a message saying hey as a former resident of Southampton went to university there in the 90s can you give my tournament a shout um which is which is already great which is really great but he he sent he sent me a message through facebook and it it just literally said um hey could i have a shout out and then it was a bunch of letters <laughs> and i was like hey yeah no worries what do you want to do the shout out and he was like yeah really really sorry my boss came in the room as i was typing it to you <laughs> <laughs> so i got this random message say hey can we have a shout out for just you know, I don't know, uh, like his cat had run across a keyboard, and I was like, "All right, that's 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 fine. We'll see how this goes." And he just, that's just really, really, really funny. Um, so yeah, Matthew yeah, Perry or Mystic Force on the NAF. Uh, that's uh, don't drink the water bowl in Vienna, West Virginia. Um, there's some cool tournaments coming up at the moment. So we've done news for minis. We've done news for tournaments. I think that's it for updates at the moment. Yeah, a bit of a dry January. Ah, uh, well. We had a pretty busy January, I think, so, yeah, you true. know, that's all right. Cool. Right. Let's move on to games, hobby, and Blood Bowl nonsense. So, over to games, hobby, Blood Bowl nonsense. Ben, Blood Bowl-wise, what have you been up to, man? Um, finally, finished that corn team I've been talking about every episode for like the past month. <laughs> Um, Honestly, it looks so good. Did you did you share some pictures on the community? Yeah, yeah, I posted on the community of the day of recording, so um, it'll be a bit old cool. when this comes out. But there, um, hopefully, will it be a beachhead <laughs> if they make the journey? Well, yeah, hopefully, if everything goes all right, it will yeah. be a beachhead. Um, and you're the only corn team we've got so far. Oh, that's which is quite that's quite fun actually. Which yeah. is cool. Uh, a corn mirror uh, match would be frenzy nightmare, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh my god, that'd be absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. No, yeah. you've done you've done a superb job with that. I mean, what is it? 11, 12 players? It's twelve players. Yeah, figured I'd have a spare, um, but I've okay. also got it ready for a league as well. So there should be a million team value team in there somewhere. Ooh, you're planning on running them in league? Are you? Yeah, yeah, they're gonna take the new place in the league. I think it's just nice to have something painted, and I'm kind of done with the high elves. Yeah, honestly, having having a team painted makes it. I don't know, just just want you want to run it more, don't you? Yeah, it's absolutely, weird. absolutely. Get more, you grow more attached to players. And... Uh, oh god, the being attached to players is a terrifying thing. And then when your team develops, you're 20 games in, it's just like awful. I'm always scared to bring my Skaven team out in case somebody cool dies. Yeah, <laughs> is it Buzz Justice or something? Oh man, I'll be gutted when Buzz Justice dies. I mean, one of my Edge Five gutters died already. I've still oh, got no. one left, so it's all right. Um, but it's just that the fear of losing something that you spent literally years building is is so real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel that. I think, I think that's why I've been hiding in the shadow of like sevens and resurrection <laughs> tournaments recently, is because there's no loss. Like it's okay. It's like it's a safe. safe space. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. It's like the training mode in the Matrix. Isn't it? <laughs> it's like it's okay. Don't worry. Regen. It's all fine. Yeah. Uh, 
cool. So you've you've finished the corn team. Yeah, which the, is oh the most satisfying awesome. part was um the final matte varnish. I've been so scared to touch them. Like when you're painting them, you've got metal miniatures. It's like a stiff breeze will take all the paint off. <laughs> as soon as I put that varnish down, it's just like oh. I can handle these things now. <laughs> How are the wings? How are the wings on the big guy? Yeah, I'm scared. I had a few comments saying, uh, "Yeah, watch out with those wings. They'll uh, they'll come off in transportation." So I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm tempted to just bubble wrap him and take him separately. Okay, yeah. Just I wondered if you were going to do the old uh, the old classic um, magnet. Oh, I tried. Case. I tried the but metal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to need like a big electromagnet to support that. I think. He's not going to make a journey, and with magnets, he'll just rattle around. Um, oh, well, then there you go. Yeah, like you say, big bit of bubble wrap and a lot of hope. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I think he'll be all right. It's, it's just, it feels like if I hold him too tightly in a game, he might snap. But I'm going to hope Oh, my not. God, you've given him a heck of a name, haven't you? Yeah, I, I was Mbamoth, Brazen Lord of the Sporting Wastes. Yeah. <laughs> he deserves a name. That's He's cool. good. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, Looking at your blood, looking at your beachhead list, he comes with mighty blow now as well. Which is yes, cool. I, I did initially have block, but I remember I saw I saw a few comments. Uh, I think someone else asked for corn team advice, and they said don't put block on the big guy; it just bloats him. Um, you're better off with guard on the on the heralds to support him. Which is interesting. Well, he's he's strength five, strength six on the blitz. Yep. Which so he will yeah, be doing. One, one guard, and you you basically got three dice. Exactly, uh, and he comes with jugs as well. Exactly, which is, which is yeah. really cool. So if you didn't have jugs, it would be a bit more. But. Yeah, this is the corn bloodthirster, and they are two hundred or are they one hundred and eighty? One hundred and eighty without the skill. Movement six, strength five, edge one, armor nine, loner, frenzy, wild animal, claw, horns, juggernaut, regeneration, and then you've topped him up with a normal for mighty blow. It's ridiculous, so, isn't it? Yeah, Claw, Mighty Blow, Jug. So yeah, if he's blitzing, you get two frenzies and you're protected from the both down already, just turning it into a push. And a push, normally, with with a frenzy situation, is a great thing because you yeah. get another opportunity to knock them to the ground and Mighty Blow claw them. That's the plan. I just really hope he doesn't go down in the first turn and get fouled off the pitch, which I've heard can happen. Uh, well, Beachhead's a three-round tournament. I reckon it's probably going to happen in one. Yeah, <laughs> it's bound to. Um, oh, man, what if you get paired against one of our many stunty teams and that happens in that one? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Get knocked down by a tree, man. It's kind of a hard counter. At least he has claw. <laughs> well, he can get his own back. Honestly, well, I mean, we saw this in Seven Super Series where it was Minotaur versus Tree, and it's it's it doesn't always plan out mm. well for the trees, man. I mean, this is why the giant is such an interesting inducement is because actually... A very well placed Minotaur Blitz can take out that giant, a treat. Yeah, that's which, very true. I, which I think it deserves an, an extra MVP um, in League. But we will come to that on a different show covering a different topic because there's something, yeah, there's, there's a thing there that yeah. I would love to talk about. Anyway, in the meantime, your list looks great, Ben. Yep. How are you feeling about the tournament? Uh, buzzing. So excited. Pumping through my veins. Let's get it all out on the pitch. <laughs> right. What about you? Any hobby? Um, well, the house. I think I think the house counts as hobby. Yeah, that's so, hobby. Um, Adult hobby. I've, ha- I've, ha- I've had no internet recently, so I've been kind of like scraping by on scraps of 4G um, because where I used to live and where I now live, uh, there's just so many trees. 
which is obviously great and wonderful and we're very very lucky um but oh my gosh like the internet speed was, oh, was, no. was awful but we now have internet as of today which is fantastic and like you pointed out before the show ben very fortuitous given that we're recording right now um yeah <laughs> so my hobby has been set out of the house uh we've got a nice little pc desk area set up in the living room so I can do some gaming there with some painting there so I can socialize and the spare room is going to be kind of like a YouTube studio area so I can do the podcast in there we can do uh, guest interviews and just have it all set up so that if I need to do a video it can just do a video quickly as opposed to spending half an hour 45 minutes setting up the lighting and the green screen <laughs> and everything this will just be good to go so all right half an hour i'll go do my swtc update or or something or actually ben's gonna come around we're gonna record a video you know i mean you've done a couple of videos with me on for the youtube show already haven't you and it's like right yeah. what we need to do is move the camera here and then we need to go move the chairs around the other side so we can set the green screen up and then move it back actually it's just right uh right on the couch let's do the interview bit great and then we go play the game and then we come back and there's no setting up so it should save a lot of time and hopefully make make it all a lot more productive um and yeah so that's been really really good it's and funny isn't rest- it when like you're in the sorry, when you're in this hobby and you go look looking for like a new house or something like that like <laughs> the first things that run to your mind are just like hmm, where can i paint where can i play <laughs> does that have room to set up a six by four table <laughs> Yeah, we've got a six by four table in the in the dining room, Brilliant. so I can still play proper games, um, which is very exciting. And the big table that we've got down here, I'm going to get another one for the spare room because there's plenty of room. So if we move on and start filming other games or bigger bigger games, we can fit it in there. Or most excitingly, I can probably set up enough cameras to film two Blood Bowl games at the same time in in this in the YouTube room. That is exciting. Yeah, which could be good for content creation. But who knows? That is completely, completely down the road. Um, well, actually, it's not. It's like next week. <laughs> <clears throat> and the rest of my hobby time the very uh, has just been getting stuff ready for Beachhead this week. Yep. Are you bringing um, a team? I'm going to bring my either my Skaven or my Nurgling Ogres, I think, because um, they're the only teams I've got really painted up. Well, I suppose I could take Halflings. Um, I'll, I'll bring something just in case I have to odd man out it. Um, we've got 35 people registered, although I've had a message from one saying they might have to drop out already. Um, so hopefully they won't. But And I've got lists for 31 of the 35. That's which pretty good. Is, yeah, it's not bad. I'm going to be doing all the packs tomorrow night. So if I don't get the rest of those lists in, they won't get packs, which is a shame because... It's one of the, the great things about what we do for our tournaments is, you know, you get the little pack, you get your list, so you can give your lists to all the players you play against, and then they can keep them for the day. So at the end of the day, they've got their list and then the three lists that they played against, and it's a lot easier to just be like, oh, what did I, this guy have? Oh, yeah, this. Oh, yeah, with this. It just takes a bit of the pressure out of it, but we've got a pretty good spread of teams so far. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, we've got four human, three halflings, three undead, to Dark Elf, to Goblin, to Lizards, to Necro, to Norse, to Orc, to Chaos Pact, which is cool. And then an Amazon, a Chaos Dwarf, let's hope they don't play against each other. Um, <laughs> an Elf, a Corn, an Ogre, and a Skaven. So what's that? That's one, two, three, four, five, six Stunties. So almost 20% of the field is <laughs> is Stunty at the moment. Oh no. I'm really surprised so, only one Ogre, considering 
They're the newest. I know. I, I might just be not painted up. I would be running ogres, but I haven't painted mine up. Um, yeah, it's interesting. But I, I, I tell you what, if you if you're listening to this and you're on your on your driving to Beachhead, if you have said I have taken Chaos Dwarfs, or oh yeah, I've got two or three players with tackle. Given that we've got six stunty teams, oh, yeah. and an Amazon team, and a Lizardman team, there's going to be some serious dodge. Your tackle is going to have a great day. Yeah, yeah. Um, how team. many? How many? How many tackles on your your team, Ben? Zero. Yeah, that's <laughs> no right. Tackle, you can no have blocks. frenzy. You can yeah. have frenzy. You're just going to have a great day. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of big juicy target teams there, with some some proper monster slaying. Okay, for our first topic today, we're going to be talking about a Slanesh team list that's been posted out there, um, created by the Sage, was it Ben? Yeah, and Dode, he referenced oh. as well. Cool, cool, cool. So Ben came across a Slanesh team on the team list on Reddit that I've also seen on the community now that was different from the secret team lists that were all out there in, on Fumble. Um, and you popped it into the group chat, didn't you? Yeah. And um, actually, it was really interesting to talk about the build. So I thought... Let's bump off the topic we we're going to talk about and talk about that because it seems to be really quite popular and it's it's a really interesting build. So, um, thought we'd talk about it here. So, um, Ben, where, why the list? Where did you find it? What was the background to it? Well, What's yeah. So, I initially saw it on Reddit um, and it caught my eye because I'm a big Chaos fan. I've got a technically got a corn team, a Zinch team, a Nurgle team now, and so thought I'd round off the quad force with. Slash. Yeah, you so do, as, don't you? You yeah. have the Silver Tower Chaos Pact. Yeah, yeah, the Chaos Pact, yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought th- this immediately caught my eye and I was thinking, like even before I read it, just like, oh, what, what models can I use to make this team? <laughs> um, but yeah, it it was just really interesting because I know we've mentioned the secret team or we've at least had a discussion ourselves about the secret Demons of Slash team and it's just yeah. kind of overpowered, isn't it? <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the demons of Slanesh team is definitely overpowered. Yeah, I think I think the regular Slanesh team isn't too bad at all. It has quite a lot of similarities to this one, um, but but yeah. So so the Sage is a guy who does a lot of streaming on YouTube mm-hmm. and plays a lot of Blood Bowl. Yeah, loads. Um, it's actually quite good to watch if you want tactics and how to run teams. Um, then yeah, you've probably already seen the Sage on Blood Bowl because I think if you but if you Go to YouTube and type in Blood Bowl. The Sage is probably one of the first things that comes up. Yeah, he's he's a good player. He's he's fun to watch, entertaining at least. Yeah, he's a nice chap too. Yeah. I think from the sound, and, and he really does know what he's doing. Um, Absolutely. Cool. So they popped the list up. Is this a new list they've been working on? Uh, I I don't know how they how long they've been working on it. He said he's. I think they mentioned it in their Discord. Um, but it has newly appeared. Um, and yeah, they said. I mean, they gave a, they gave a few design constraints, didn't they, at the bottom? So, one thing they said is they they didn't want it to be a kill team. I assume yeah, they mean yeah. a killy team yeah. and not like a forty k yeah forty <laughs> k yeah, yeah. kill team. We didn't want this Blood Bowl team to be for a different game. Yeah, <laughs> um, I always feel like that's a great first design point is to say, yeah, this is this is not going to be a truck or a car. Um, cool, cool, yeah. cool. Um, they wanted to fit a niche that the game currently doesn't have, which I think is a great point. It's no point that in a cookie re- cutter. That, no, exactly, but that is a really good angle to design too. Yeah, um, they wanted to have a spectacular big guy like the corn roster does, which makes sense because you know greater demons exist. Oh, greater demons, yeah, and yes, that's really fair. The the corn list 
lives around the bloodthirster doesn't it yeah and i think similarly this lives around the keeper of secrets which we'll get into cool cool um and yeah this is just made by the sage and dode he said they based it on the secret league teams and um yeah and they just said star player pricing may vary um but yeah should we get into it oh with the contributions from san 0638 which is mike davies from the naf oh um, well there you go yeah yeah so it's got some cool. bit of naf approval Thank you. <laughs> <I hope. laughs> that's controversial yep no 10 out of 10 naf approved tomb kings confirmed yeah uh, <laughs> Uh, right, wicked. Yeah, let's get to it. So, who have we got first? Uh, yeah, so we have the standard linemen, the 0 to 16 cultist, and these are just humans, aren't they? But with a small caveat. Yeah, 50k, movement 6, strength 3, edge 3, armor 8, and oh, that is interesting. Yeah. So, one thing they've done in this team is they've made everyone have access to agility and mutations, and no one on the team has access to strength or passing. And not only that, the cultists in basically they don't have general access. Yeah. They are their normal is agility and mutation. So that makes these guys Edge four Dark Elf linemen. Edge three. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's literally right there, yeah. Edge three Dark Elf linemen with mutation access. Yeah. Oh wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, I think it just lends itself to some cool builds. Like, it's not as easy as just take block. I think you might, like, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, you might just start with dodge instead, but then you have mutations. I'd start with mutations, go ham on that, start having some, like, big hand guys or something like that. It is interesting. I I do, yeah, I do reckon dodge is kind of key on that. You're going to have the situation where your double is going to be spent on sure hands, like with a skink, you know? Mm. Um, and then yeah dodge uh, is a great one to take first jump up could be interesting too you're going to end up with an agile like a movie team so yeah, yeah so that's really cool that's really cool so uh, right what else have we got um, player wise we'll jump over the demonets for now and we'll go to the slangors so yeah. if you aren't too familiar with Warhammer um, there's Chaos God Beastmen like the Pestagors every Chaos God has one there's Angors and Zinch and Corngors and Corn and Slanesh have the Slangors so these are just Slanesh Beastmen but I think are they slightly faster? Uh, yes, they are one movement faster. So they're eighty thousand movement seven, strength three, edge three, armor eight, with horns. Yes. So and they have general access, um, but so, also agility mutation. Yeah. So you can take nought to two of them. They're twenty k more than a regular beastman, but they are movement seven, and like you said, general agility mutation all on normals with strength. And passing on doubles. I think that makes them slightly worse than regular Beastmen. Do you reckon? I I think. Let's just check the Beastmen roster. Um, because I think... Come on. Here we go. Beastmen. Beastmen, Beastmen, Beastmen. They get general strength and mutation with agility and passing on the doubles. And these guys... They swap strength get, for agility. Yeah. So it's agility on the normal and strength on the double. Which is a nice little interesting mix, and they've got the extra speed. Right, How much they you can get, price? Well, you can get strength strength three, blitzing strength four, blodgers, real easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, again, gives it a really different angle, doesn't it? Yeah, I think these are the blitzers of the team. I think these are the ones uh, going to be... 
I think if you're looking at league or a tournament list build, you, you're going to have to chuck a sure hands on one of these guys and use yeah. them like your pest, like your pestigals in yeah. normal. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So you get two of those. I don't, don't know if we said that. Uh, yeah, I think that's a gimme. I think you're going to have to run with two of these. Yeah, straight, I straight off the bat. So, you, which one are you going to go for now? Uh, we'll do the demonets. Fantastic. Yeah, so zero to four demonets. They cost a hundred thousand. So they're quite expensive. Uh, they're movement seven, strength three, hatch four, armor seven. Um, so they're kind of elves, but they come with claw, hypnotic gaze, no hands, and regeneration. So that's a really interesting player type. So that, that's yeah. a wood elf lineman uh, with claw, hypnotic gray gaze, no hands, and regeneration. So regeneration is pretty useful, especially in league. Um, well, I tell you what, even in a tournament on a four plus that injury is just straight into reserves, which is huge. Mm. Not being able to handle the ball, tricky, but makes sense given that they've got Edge four. Yeah, and that's that's not their role. Their role is this hypnotic gaze, I think. Edge four hypnotic gaze, four of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, but they've got claw as well. They get general agility and mutation. So, I mean, they've already got claw. So their mutation's not yeah. going to achieve a huge amount, I don't think. Um, not for a short list build, uh, for a short skill build. So if you're looking at one or two skills for these guys, well, we're talking, we're talking blodging. Um, uh, they've got they've got mutation, so you could end up with horns to boost up. So block horns, edge four. Uh, you know, maybe leap very long legs. Yeah, I th- I think I think I would like leap on these guys because I can just picture them. You know, you have your your dwarf team. Caging up, you send four of these demonets around because you can use hypnotic gaze more than once, can't you? Uh, just well, yeah, yeah, once per player. Yeah, once per player. So you just go along. That cage is gone, and then the player we'll talk about in a second comes in and <laughs> <laughs> no more. Yeah, I, I do like the no hands. It does make it quite yeah. interesting. I mean, we've seen this in the ethereal team on on the secret team, where it it's a really great counterbalancing part it just takes that player and makes them a weapon instead yeah really interesting and it's thematic right. as well the hypnotic gaze they're meant to demonets are meant to be like alluring aren't they yeah distracting absolutely. yeah the no hands is an interesting one they do have claws but yes you know, that's fine right let's go come on ben let's do the big one now yeah the keeper of secrets greater demon of sanesh um have one of these One hundred eighty thousand, same as the bloodthirster uh, movement 6, strength 5, edge 1, armor 8, which I think is the same as the Bloodthirster. Bloodthirster might I be armor 9. Armor 9 for yeah. the Bloodthirster, so one less armor. But this has loner, and then break tackle, claw, disturbing presence, leader, regeneration, and wild animal. Oh, that is clever. So, straight off the bat, leader on a big guy. But it's a great skill choice, and you see this in a lot of tournaments. We'd be like, oh, "I'm going to put leader on the troll because it's got regeneration and high armor and high strength. It's going to stick around." This this guy, gal, or in the world world of Slanesh, both um, strength five, armor eight, with regeneration and leader. It it's it see, comes with a it comes with a free reroll. Yeah, that's the bit I didn't like because he said in his design constraints we wanted it to have a spectacular big guy like the corn roster does, which it does at the same price. This is technically 120k, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> because the team re-rolls, which we haven't mentioned yet, are 60k Yes, each. which I like as well, because the Nash number is six. I think that was... I don't know if that was intended, but <laughs> I appreciate okay, it. Okay, so, so let's let's have a look at this play. So it can take agility and mutations. So general strength passing on a double for this one. 
It's got break tackle. So break tackle with strength five is great. Okay. Yeah. And it's it gets a dodge on a normal. So I think if you if you're taking this team in league and you're running it or something like that, this this one getting dodge and then immediately having dodge break tackle claw. Um, so you can get into those tackle zones into that cage like you said you know you demonette the edges of that cage and it makes it even easier if you're a keeper of secrets to just swoop in and strength five claw someone yeah yeah it's uh it's it's mean um you mentioned the dodge on, on you take taking him yeah dodge on a normal i think we had a discussion about this saying well would it make sense to instead of him having break tackle and add one what about putting him add three and giving him no hands what are your thoughts on that well I like the way break tackle works is because you're kind of one and done um, so you kind of you get that that motion where it can dance out of a sticky situation once without just having a complete free move yeah. However, the keep the keeper of secrets should be agile and flight and flighty. That's what I um, thought too. Yeah. So I, I think what they've done is 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 clever. They've paid homage to the fact that that it should be able to dance away from something, but it is giant. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I can I can definitely see that the fact it's got claw has to have claw. It's got massive claws. Yes. Um, disturbing presence is very slanish. It's very, very distract. Yeah. Very distracty. It's like hypnotic gaze, but for everybody, you know. Yeah. Um, it's got to have regeneration. Wild animal for me is really interesting. I feel like what? it's to represent the sort of because you know it's all about like excess and all about being per- perfect and the best. I feel like it's the sort of ego of yeah. the keeper the, taking the, the leadership the f- role. Yeah, no, I think that's fair enough. I, I, I think leader is very interesting. So they set this out not to be a kill team. Okay, you've got a bunch of claw players, but you're limited on your strength access to doubles only. It fits a niche that we don't have in the game yet. I, I don't know. I don't know. How, how do you think this team would actually play out on the tabletop? I think they'd be fine. I think they'd be pretty balanced. I think they'd be quite a hard difficulty team. Um. So, I, I feel like you really have to play or use your demonets well. I think it, it all comes down to the demonets, really. Otherwise, you just have a hum- humans and beastmen, essentially, don't you? So the demonets are really where you can you can kind of like break up the enemy team and bash your way in. I, I I think it sort of plays a bit like an elven team. I think I think you just use an elven playstyle because you you're fairly fast. Still movement six and seven. There's no movement eight players on the team. But yeah, I mean it's it's, far, it's medium speed, isn't it? It's not yeah. it's not slow. That access to agility giving you dodge, I think, can it's just going to be a, a slippery team to play. Yeah, and so, sorry, it's going back to a previous point. We did mention the edge three. I did actually raise this point to the sage, um, saying, "How about making him edge three with no hands?" And he did say, um, he started the keeper off as Edge 4. But then that with dodge on a single level up and then two heads or leap just becomes too much. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. And yeah. we'll, we're, we're going to talk about the demons of Slanesh team in a minute um, because it'd be cool to compare this to a different one. So from a, from a list build, was there any guidance on uh, what your 1 million build would look like? 
No, I don't. I didn't see any anyway. I haven't checked back in the last day. But that's cool. I, I've just had a brew. One keeper, both your slangors as your ball carriers, um, two demonettes, and then six cultists to take you to eleven players. You can afford two rerolls, plus you get your one from your leader, and then you've got forty k left over, which you can put aside and then. I don't know, you, you roll well, you pick up another demonette, you know, some, something happens. You end up with 11 players, so one keeper, two slangors, two demonettes, and two cultists to take over. That's interesting. I think that's that's not a bad build. You've got enough of your core players and enough of your positionals to do stuff without having everything you could possibly want. Yeah, I know, I like it. And I think in that situation, I, I, I do think, I think your demonette, hypnotic gaze idea with the keeper sliding in take out you know that's to, what to i really wanted it to have leap with a good agility could how cool would that be <laughs> <laughs> so that's a really cool build let's have a quick look at the two slanesh teams that are already on fumble yeah um so there's there's, there's two one is the slanesh team so this is 0 to 16 slaves of darkness 60k six three four seven so these are elf linemen basically with yep. general agility mutation F- up to four slan gores which are 80,000 for 7337 horns but this team comes with very long legs and prehensile tail which is weird which is very weird it's themey but weird yeah they get general access uh, general agility and mutation so you can leap immediately you can take leap on one skill and then you're leaping around on a three plus which is interesting um and then nought four slanesh warriors which are 110k 6438 claw very long legs guys so that slanesh team is kind of old school slanesh where everyone looked mm-hmm. like kind of creepy bird <laughs> snakes um with Tentacles. 70k yeah yeah so not 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 amazing but the demons of slanesh is the one we sp- is the one we've talked about before yeah um, 0 to 16 cultists 50k 6338 exactly the same as this Slanesh team uh, 0 to 6 demonettes for the demons of Slanesh one which makes sense because demons uh, 120k 7347 so 100k 7347 on the Slanesh team they re- they went with uh, what skills did they go for hypnotic gaze tick claw tick regenerate tick was there any difference with the new slanesh yeah they do they don't have no hands so they can carry the ball like elves um okay i really love that i think i do think the no hands is better well adding no hands is better yeah i do dropping them dropping them 20k adding no hands as a skill it makes the player type way more interesting it does i 100 percent agree they yeah. just do everything otherwise yeah, I think that's probably what happens with this team. Yeah. Okay, so the Keeper of Secrets for the Demons of Slanesh team. This one is 200k, 7, 5, 4, 8. So 7 movement, 5 strength. That's a bit faster. Same strength. Agility 4 and armor 8. So agility 4 on a big guy. Loner, wild animal. That's the same. Regenerate, yeah. that's the same. Claw, that's the same. And then extra arms, very long legs, no leap, no, and strength access. So you can only get leap on a double. Which but you at would. that point, <laughs> yeah, four, exactly. Yeah. At that point, you are leaping on a two plus. 
Oh, it's just you look at that strength five edge four with like movement seven. Yeah. It's not got Actually, any no hands. It can carry the ball with extra arms. Uh, we could carry the ball well with extra arms yeah. and catch things with very long legs. So you're plus one to interception, plus one to catching, aren't you? I think. Yeah. So you're intercepting real well with this big guy. Is that um, does extra arms give plus one to intercept then? Um, or is no, that just very long just, legs? Just yeah, very long legs okay. gives you in, uh, the interception, and then extra arms is uh, yeah, intercepts as well. Oh, so they would stack. So, so you're edge four, so you're intercepting on a five plus anyway. Yeah. And you plus get plus <laughs> plus two to intercept. So this guy's intercepting on a three plus, which is horrific. Now you don't see a lot of pass plays anyway, but <laughs> just what a way to ruin fun. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So on balance point, I think the the the, the sage slanesh keeper of secrets is probably fairer. Way fairer. And I like and like he said, the demonets. It makes it more interesting when it's fairer. Uh, yeah, it does. It adds that challenge to it. Look at look at vampires. Yeah, um, I, I guarantee the original vampires list was way spicier, mm-hmm. but they said, "Look, let's let's tone it down. Let's tone it down. Let's make them each other." Yeah, yeah, and I think that's, I think that worked out great. We've got a team that we all love that we want to be better, but probably shouldn't be. Um, and and here this 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 new Slanesh team that's recommended. It's interesting. It's really interesting. I love it. I hope this gets sucked into somewhere where we can use it because I want to make this team um, I love the Slangors although there's no, there is no Slangor model is there? That's not no a but you can get creative with them like because we've had all these new Warcry stuff that's pretty much all the cultists and there's a, <laughs> there's the beast units they probably, I could probably make Slangors out of them uh, yeah, give them yeah, a tail and, so. yeah. um, the cool thing is that there's three of these lists they all have got some kind of human um, and then either a, a Slangor or a uh, or some demonettes. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you put a, together a couple of beastmen, a couple of demonettes, and a keeper of secrets, you can run a couple of different teams from Fumble, and then this one here, which I think is definitely worth a play. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's 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 bonehead podcast this real quick. Okay. Sevens, sevens. <laughs> Slanesh team in sevens. Okay. Yeah. Six hundred k. What are you running? Are you are the you keeper. gonna take the keeper? You're gonna take the keeper. Hundred percent. They've got a leader. <laughs> oh my god! That's even more that is genius. It almost that makes it genius. free. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Right, two slangors because of that that German access. Yes. Yeah, I okay. do think so. How so much is that? Three forty. Okay. And we need to we need to take at least another four players. That's two hundred k's worth of cultists. So we don't have a lot to play with. Oh, that's not a lot, take, is it? You can t- right. Let's take three cultists for four ninety, and then a demon, a demon, a so, See, I'd want more than one demonette. I think I might trade. Oh, it's only ten k left over. I was going to say trade a slangor for a demonette, but that's still ten yeah, k over. You, you, you can't do it. You either have to trade both your slangors or drop the keeper. But like you said, the keeper comes with leader, which is <laughs> huge. In yeah. Servants. Maybe that then. Maybe that is the build. One demonet, okay, so you, three quarters. So, you, so you've got your keeper, and you've got your demonet as a support. So that's two claw players. You've got two ball carriers, edge three that you can upgrade easily to to sure hands, and then three just underdeveloped Amazon linemen. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> really interesting. Really interesting. Yeah, I, I can see that team. That that seems fair to me because I don't feel like I've got everything I need for that team. 
Yeah. But that's sevens. And that's the feeling you want, isn't it? Yes. And that's still pretty quick for a sevens team. Oh, it'll be real quick. Real yeah. quick, real scary. Um, and if you're going to buy the real Keeper of Secrets model, real expensive. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you'd have to be creative with that one. That's the old school one, which would probably fit quite well, to be honest. Wasn't I the old one love... I love the Keeper of Secrets model on, on a blah, 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 blah pitch. I know that guy did it. What, the, the new one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, someone's man. already done it, haven't they? They, yeah. they did it straight off the bat. And it looks amazing. And it's Somehow only £85, pounds new. Um, <laughs> Somehow squeezed on a 40 mil base as well. Yeah, what do the Demonettes look like these days? Are they... Uh, they're uh, okay. They're quite small, though. I feel like... Oh, oh, they're not as good as the old metal ones. The old metal ones are brilliant. No, I think they made them a bit more pg they, they absolutely <laughs> did. These are like creepy ghosts with crab, crab claws. Uh, yeah. Right, £20 for 10 Yeah, I think uh, we'll probably just need to get a box and split them, Ben. What do, what, how do you think about <laughs> I reckon, I reckon I wouldn't want to use one of those demonets in this, purely because they are small. They're like smaller than people. And while these are strength 3 stills, so they kind of work, I just... I don't know. I'd want them to be a bit more, a bit bigger deal. They'd be dwarfed by the cultists in sort oh, of modern good. design. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, look, that was that was really an interesting team build. There, um, it's nice to see homebrews come out. Oh, I love them. Um, yeah, especially ones that capture the interest of people. So, uh, guys out there listening, let's know what you think of the Slanesh build. And yes, we are aware that the Demons of Slanesh team from Fumble is um, totes OP, but. Uh, hey, Fumble says it's okay. It's only got a win rate of, what was it, 61% or something? Really? Okay. Yeah, and they were like, yeah, we're happy with this um, because it's like the most OP team <laughs> ever made. Um, and I think it is, and it could be worse, but it's not. Let's have a quick look at that because I'm interested now. Uh, season 3, no change. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, okay. 412 games with a win percentage of 50.85. Which puts them in tier one. That's I thought yeah. I thought they'd be better than that. I mean, I know the big guy is polarizing, shall we say? <laughs> but um, definitely, definitely very interesting. So yeah, Slanesh and Zinch—they both need proper teams. Yes, they do. Um, and we need Corn to be official Games Workshop. Mm, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, let's have a chat about tears now then, Ben. Yes, let's indeed. So topic two today is talking all about tears in Blood Bowl. So that's not what happens when you re-roll quad skulls into, you know, like more quad skulls. <laughs> um, God, that's internal tears. We're not talking about internal tier. We're talking about team tiering. Um, so we've had quite a few people ask like hey what what do you mean this is a tier one this is a tier two where are the team lists why are there eighteen thousand different versions of a tiering list and why are orcs as good as wood elves that kind of thing um so it made sense to just talk through what blood bowl tiering normally means some examples and yeah talk about a couple of things about how it can be applied so Ben, have you come across Blood Bowl tiering particularly in your Blood Bowl career? Yeah, but it's always kind of been the same, in my experience. And which which example of that is it? I think it's the NAF, t- NAF tier list. So the one, the, 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 the three tier list? Yeah. Okay, so there are a bunch of different examples, and we've got a few to go through here. But normally, 
Blood Bowl teams are ranked into three tiers, sometimes as many as seven, uh, sometimes, you know, three, four. There's, there's a mixture of whatever. But the whole idea of tiering is Blood Bowl is an inherently unbalanced game. Anybody who's played a stunty team will know that, and anyone who's played against Wood Elves will know that as well. <laughs> and that that's okay. It's part of the game's charm. You know, you take... Ben, you ran Goblins at the beginning of the league. Why did you run Goblins at the beginning of our league? Uh, for fun. That was <laughs> purely for fun. I was getting into yeah. Blood Bowl, and I just thought, you know, I love Goblins. I ran them because I like Goblins. I didn't you really ran them because you like Goblins. You weren't expecting to win. Yes. You You knew they were underpowered or whatever. There was more challenge to them. Yeah, they're not as easy to win. The pieces are not as conducive to winning the game of Blood Bowl as some of the other teams. So, yeah, and the way the team balance goes. So the idea of the tier list is to add an element of balance to an inherently unbalanced situation. And the way that happens in tournaments, there's lots of different ways. So you've got tournaments that say, okay, this tier gets this much team value, this much money to spend on your team. Um different skill packages are normally the one so ben you're coming up to your fourth fifth blood bowl tournament now i can't remember i think Ex- excluding the evening sevens tournaments yeah i think it's the fourth uh, one so bonehead yeah sewer bowl set sewer bowl tombstone, tombstone. fobble wobble oh yeah no, that's true so yeah and beachhead so this will be your fifth so Three of those were using our tier three system, and one of them was using the World Cup's four tier system. Yeah, uh, and we, we we talked earlier about about vampires being at the the bottom bottom end of tier two into tier three, and you know it's it's really interesting to see that actually the, the, even the teams within the tiers aren't good. So anyway, I'm rambling now. What we're going to do is we're going to look at a couple of examples. So like you said, Ben, the NAF three tier list. Yeah, I think it's the one that most people see. Would you say it's most common? I reckon. I reckon so. Uh, so tier one: Amazon, Chaos Dwarf, Dark Elves, Dwarf, Lizardman, Norse, Orc, Skaven, Undead, and Wood Elves. Yeah, makes yeah, sense. They're all they're all top tier. Um, tier two is basically almost everyone else: Chaos, Chaos Pact, Elves, High Elves, Humans, Kemri, Necromantic, Nurgle, Underworld, Slan, and Vampire. And then your tier three, the, the bottom tier, tends to be the stunty teams. So Halfling, Goblin, Ogre. So no matter how many tiers there are in whatever system you're using, the bottom one tends to be stunty. But even within these tier lists, it feels inherently unbalanced, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. There's Within the bracket, there's clearly teams which are inherently stronger than other teams. Yeah, so what else? Orcs. I see orcs for me they can get real good in a league I don't think orc lists are massively brilliant for a tournament build no I feel like they're pretty on par with humans which are in tier pretty two on pa- oh, that's exactly it yeah. I would also say they're pretty on par with humans which is they're decent but they're just not pro decent so yeah. I think you flagged this up while we were talking uh, before is that they've used the um the, the win percentages really to, to gauge what tier the teams go into um, so tier 3 30-35% to 35% win rate tier 2 35-45% to 45% win rate and um, anything above that is tier 1 
So it's not a, not an inherently bad way to split the tiers, is it? No, but it's hard to keep track of that as a true statistic. Do you know what I mean? I know they like register their games, but more things happen outside of that, and yeah. Absolutely, and the the great thing about Blood Bowl is that, especially with with tournaments, is that every tournament seems to have its own list, its own its own build list, it you know, and its own environment. Where actually, and this is one thing I've really enjoyed from looking through the SWTC tournaments is looking ahead and going right, this scoring system, and this skill system really favours these teams. So it's kind of up to a savvy coach to go actually, uh, yeah. my tier three teams get like 400k's worth of skills absolutely go to town and and that's kind of what we saw from the world cup so the world cup used a four tier list didn't it yes yeah this was uh, i really i really liked this and also kind of didn't at the same time but we'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> go for it would you blitz through the tiers for us in for the world cup okay so tier one i've just got to find the teams it's all good uh Right. Okay. I can't find the teams, but yeah, <laughs> we I've, got have... it, I've got it here. Okay. You, you take it ahead. I've got the cash, but uh, I don't have the <laughs> teams. Oh, fine. Absolutely fine. So, uh, tier one for the World Cup was Amazons, Bretonians, Chaos Dwarf, Dark Elves, Dwarfs, Elizabeth, Norse, Orcs, Skaven, Undead, and Wood Elves. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven teams in tier one, and regular three split is one two three four five six seven eight nine ten so they've actually put one extra team into tier one well okay. no it's because the bretonians isn't it the bretonians oh yeah they went in the original, yeah yeah there you go so tier one's exactly the same but they basically split up tier two so tier two into tier two and tier three so chaos renegades elf union high elves humans kemri and necro all in tier two with corn chaos nurgle Slan, Underworld and Vamps dropping to Tier 3 and your Tier 4 is your stunty teams so what was it that you liked about this build about this, this tier system Ben? I think it, like we said with the previous one it kind of does differentiate the teams a bit more like we said like I feel like Tier 2 in particular had a lot of different like you know having humans on the same level as vampires say I just feel that's really not the case I always associated vampires to be closer to a stunty team than they were. They, in my opinion, they are really at the bottom, yeah, of your tier two. Yeah. Um, so the the good thing about the World Cup is it incentivised using a different skill build mm. quite quite heavily into tier two, tier three, which led to a heavier skewing in the favour of those teams, which you would normally not necessarily see because tier one are good even if tier two get two extra skills tier one are still real good they usually come with the skills that you pay for (laughs) yeah i mean not big guy having a leader kind of good skills (laughs) but they still come loaded to bear i mean you know war dancers yeah i I feel like that is its own argument yeah um because war dancers because wizards did it and and you know it's interesting to see and have you had a chance, or have you come across the all teams viable build? Ben? No, this is the first time I've seen this. Okay, so there's a couple of tournaments in the SWCC that use this. I think Foodball used this. So this is this is a very complicated build, but a very it, the idea is that they've increased the amount of tiers to seven tiers to kind of really try and balance the groupings. 
so to heavily incentivize the bottom tiers with extra gold and extra skills to make it kind of more stacked so tier zero dark elf lizard undead and wood elves tier one amazon bretonian chaos dwarf dwarf tier two necromantic norse orc skaven tier three renegades elf union and humans tier four chaos high elves kemri nurgle slan tier five underworld corn and vamps and tier six as ever goblins halflings ogres so they've used this all teams viable that's what it's called to to massively <laughs> like have that oh gosh what's the word when you look at something on a small detail it's a very granular view of yeah. balancing the tiers out what, what you know what strikes you about that i i mean i like it i think the complaints we had about the previous two are kind of resolved here um, it, they're grouped yeah. a lot more how I would imagine teams to to equate. It, it feels right. It does. Um, to have those grouped. But even then, you know, you're kind of like, well, it depends on the build, doesn't it? And we're not even going to touch on sevens here because sevens is a very different format. Yeah. Um, we, we use the regular tierings for the seven stuff that we do because there isn't really enough data to adjust the tierings that much. But Necro and Pro Elves are actually really good in sevens and they're normally rated as a tier two team. Um, anyway, back to elevens, the real world. Yeah, so the ATV format with seven different tiers, it's, it's, a, lot of, it's a lot of detail. And depending on how that is applied... I think it, it is quite it's quite good. It's quite um, interesting looking at this, is because it kind of does realize does sort of make you realize how split it is. Where you have a team like Necromantic is what three tiers away from like, Underworld or Vampires, and they're normally in the same grouping with Nor the same yeah, skill allowance. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. So I was looking at this for uh, probably sevens because that's just what I do, and I came up with a, a, a kind of a split tier list where I, there were kind of some teams that felt to me to be across borders or just like either at the bottom end or the top end of that. So my breakdown was Tier 1, Chaos Dwarf, Wood Elf, Skaven, Lizards, Undead, Amazon and Dark Elves as the top teams. Then you had kind of like the step down. So the 1.5 for me was Dwarf, Orc, Necro and Norse. Then one step below that, Chaos, Human, Chaos Pact, Slan, High Elves and Pro Elves. One step below that, that 2.5 was Nurgle, Vampires, Underworld and Kemri. And then your tier 3 was Halflings, Goblins, Ogres. And I was looking at this as a way of stacking the, um, the, the classic 3 format that we use and just introducing a little bit more variance, like a minor benefit. Mm -hmm. Because cause these, this grouping felt felt right to me uh, there's not a lot there that i would say that doesn't feel like a fair matchup no i feel i feel this is i mean no bias but probably my favorite of the lot where you, you do end up grouping those teams together so if, if you said right i'm running my chaos dwarf team against someone's nurgle who's going to win that one i mean <laughs> <laughs> the chaos dwarves you know yeah. uh, if you're going to run necro against uh yeah, against Skaven, you're going to give the advantage. Well, that's, that's an interesting one, actually. I would put my money on Necro in that one, but that's only because I have a intense vulnerability when it comes to Skaven. <laughs> We've seen some good uh, Necro teams in the past. 
we have, yeah. yeah. Although I'm doing pretty well with the Skaven in the Major League, I'm still still vulnerable. So, all right, let's let's cut straight to the chase with this one, Ben. What's the advantages of the tiering list? Um, fairness is a big thing, as in you can still take your goblin team and have a good time, knowing that you're going to get, you know, a load of inducements, and extra cash or skills. It's it's weird, isn't it? Because you look at these lists, and I'm always inclined to take the tier two or the tier three build because yeah. they're you can take a tier li- you can take a tier one to a tournament, and you can still lose games. You can take a tier two or tier three list and have a load more stuff going on in your list. So even if you do lose, you're doing more things. So let's look at your corn list for beachhead, Ben. Tier 2 for Beachhead has got 150k's worth of upgrades. Tier 1 has got 100, and Tier 3 has got 200k's worth of upgrades. And if we look down at... Oh, golly, I can't remember what team you were now, number 14. Yours, you've got 140k's worth of player upgrades. Yeah. Whereas a Tier 1 team is only going to have 4 or 5 skills. You've got 7. Exactly. And those really helped, (laughs) because even I felt kind of strapped for skills so having to take two off would have been really difficult really tough and then you've got others where you know your your tier three they've got 200 k's worth of player upgrades so while uh, a halfling team is never going to be overly evenly balanced against a a dark elf team or a wood elf team there's enough there that they're gonna it's gonna make a game of it we still see them win these win these games we've played a few tournaments with tiers and you know halflings can win some unexpected matchups you you kind of give that benefit of, okay, I'm going to have more fun list building at tier 2 and tier 3 level because there's more choices for me to make. I can do a different option of, of a build. So let's talk about some examples of where, of how the tiering has been has been applied by us okay let's because we've got some great examples of some tournaments and how we've used it uh, we've also got some examples of the tournaments where we haven't sort of been directly involved with where we've got it from there so bonehead sewer bowl and tombstone last year were all real simple the tier dictated the skills you were allowed so uh so last year it was literally a case of your tier equals x amount of doubles x amount of singles and you could just go apply that to your team mm-hmm. really simple way of doing it introduce some decent balance i i really like that one i really like that way around it and it makes it really easy and really simple to build those lists and it does add a little element of more interesting however the, the my issue with this one is that the, there can be a lot of bloat at the stunty end yeah so i mean you take a tier one list and you're allowed let's say five skills does that feel about right five normals or maybe it's usually about right yeah yeah okay 100k 20k yeah Tier two, then you're looking at seven normals, maybe tier, a double thrown in. Yeah, but you're looking at about seven skills. Yeah. Tier three to kind of incrementally increase it, you're looking at nine skills. And quite frankly, if you're running a tier three team, you you don't need that. You run out of stuff to put your skills on. Yeah, which is where <laughs> things like having stat ups and things can help. And- yeah, so that beautiful, nice segue, smooth moves there, Ben. <laughs> um, so we'll look at we'll look at Beachhead Bowl real quick, and we changed it up for Beachhead. 
and instead of saying you get X skills, it's you get X hundred, you get X amount of money worth of player upgrades, which are skills which you can stack, doubles, whatever, even some stat increases that you can buy. Tier one got a hundred k, tier two got hundred and fifty, and tier three got two hundred. So you can buy your strength increase or whatever. So if you wanted a strength four war dancer, you could absolutely have a strength four war dancer, but that's half your skills gone because you've used 50k of your 100. You can run a list with two strength four war dancers, but that is all the upgrades you're getting. Whereas you run a corn team, Ben, you, it's got to have been tempting to chuck a strength <laughs> on someone and and then still have five skills to take. <laughs> it was, which I think is like the epitome of the tier two decision where you can do that. Or you can take the skills, which is what makes tier two so appealing. Yeah, it, it is, generally speaking. And then you've got the tier three where you've you've got you've got an opportunity to make these teams real competitive. Yeah. I mean I was talking to one of the players coming, uh, Joe, who's running a tier three I think I could probably say that without spoiling his team is this <laughs> he's probably playing oh, it yeah. when this episode is out. Um yeah. he's got he's got half links. He's, yes. he's running and he was two... oh, sorry, you carry on. Oh, no, no, I was going to say, he's running two trees and deep root and a fen beast. Yeah. And he's got two blocking trees, one with multiple block. An edge four and, halfling, uh, I think. Uh, he's got an armor seven halfling. <laughs> I missed that one. Yeah, armor seven catcher. Uh, okay. <laughs> I might have to check that to make sure that's not a mistype. You sure it wasn't edge plus and not armor plus? Um, I'm pretty sure he had an edge four, four catcher when I saw it. It was probably edge four catcher then. That makes a lot more sense. I thought it was kind of interesting that he'd gone for armor. <laughs> uh, let's change that. So that's fine. Yeah, Edge 4, um, 4 Catcher to land and to dodge and to fly around. He's got a leader hefty and he's got a dirty player and a wrestle halfling. Like, it's. Yeah. That's a load of fun. Like, that's a load of stuff in a list. And that's just from player upgrades. Yeah, we've, we've, I think we've said it before on the podcast, Like part of the fun of the game is building the lists and seeing what you can create, and that's kind of the tier 3 sandbox you get, which is quite uh, yeah, fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, see, we'll, we'll use orcs. So orcs are one of the things that I'm like, I'm not convinced they are tier 1, because orcs can be great at 1,400 or something like that, but I just don't think they belong in the same tier as wood elves. Dark Elves, Lizardmen, Skaven, Chaos Dwarves—they just—they just lack a little bit of of power. I don't think an extra hundred k. They are mighty. There's a couple of Orc teams coming to Beachhead, and we've said you get a hundred k's worth of stuff. Where's Milton's list? Let's see if I can find. <laughs> Is this a good example? I, I think it's a great example okay. of. It. You will not be. You will not have enough stuff to do. Yeah. Or at least you will not. So Milton's gone for two linemen, four blitzers, four black orcs, a thrower, and a random goblin. Um, bless him. I, that's weird. Um, and he's got five skills because you get up to five hundred k's. Uh, you get up to a hundred k's worth of upgrades, which is five normals. And he's gone for block, 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 block. So he's gone with five blocks. So he's got two vanilla linemen. Four blitzers with block, four black orcs with block, and a thrower with block. So it's a real simple build, but it, you, you're lacking you're lacking the flexibility with skills because if he was to give a different skill to someone, he'd have a black orc without block, and that's yeah, like it's a great point. And you'll see it on lizards as well. Although lizards are kind of balanced by the fact that they've got that um, kind of 
speed game with the skinks and the strength game with the crocs that if not all their sauruses have block it's okay because you've got six six of them six of them they're just inherently a more more deep there's just more depth in the roster yeah um and yeah no i i think i'm oh, sorry i was just gonna say like I think we joked about his like block thing. I know Mouton said like he's going to a tournament. There's a lot of people going. It's not actually much to think about. It's quite an easy roster to make. But you are right. It it doesn't it doesn't really give you much other choice anyway. Like I was thinking, no. well, what kind of orc team would I make? Probably will have block. So yeah, would you go block or would you go guard? Because you're only going to get four or five skills, and you've really got to get the most out of them. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. That the orc team feels a little underpowered then at tier one. Um, I think it'd be really interesting to see orcs in tier two. And then you can have then I just feel like they get a bit juicy. But another thing that you can see done here with with tournaments and the World Cup is a great example of this. The World Cup we we talked about the builds before. It's it's not the most straightforward building system, but you know fourteen hundred coaches figured it out. So. It varies your starting cash and there is a minimum amount that you can spend on the team and then you can use that spare cash as either skills or to buy extra stuff for your list. And I think this is another common thing that you'll see is, hey, um, so let's put it in our tier one, two, three build, Ben. Um, You've got 100k that you can spend on skills or extra stuff for your team at tier one. Or tier two get 150 stuff that they can spend on up to you know they can spend up to 150k on skills or use that for your team. We ran this at Fobble Wobble Cup because we just used the day two build for the World Cup, and you know there was a bit of confusion around what you could take and what you couldn't take, but that added quite a lot of flexibilities with the team, didn't it? Yeah, I had I think I remember thinking about this quite a long time actually. What to take? Yeah, it opens up the list builds. And the, interestingly, the first draft of the Beachhead rules had that basically, hey, um, tier one is a 1200 build, uh, tier two is a 1250, and tier three is a 1300. But, you know, you can only spend, but at least 1100 has to be spent on your team. And when we went and did the Fobble Wobble Cup with the World Cup builds, because of the teams that were submitted and the clear confusion about the rules, I was like, "This is let's just make it skills. Let's just make it skills. Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, I think the key to that is a very good spreadsheet. I think if you've got a very good spreadsheet that people can just brew up on, it kind of takes the pressure away. And that's something I will say about the ATV format, is when I went to build a practice list for Food Bowl, the spreadsheet was blooming great because the rules were very complicated, but you can't get it wrong on the spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but we're, we're blessed with your spreadsheets. <laughs> so we, we do okay. We do okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we've got a bunch of different tiers. And in summary, I think it's really best to say that all they do is try to incentivize you to run... To, it Basically, it makes all the teams playable or interesting. Where, rather than if I'm going to play just to win... Um, then I'm not even going to bother with vampires but actually if I'm going to take vampires who get a load of cool skills it could be really interesting to run no, agree entirely can't really, can't really say much more on that well I'm going to make you because I've got <laughs> one question here and the question is is it any good for leagues ah uh, okay that is a really good point um I 
feel like it could definitely be adapted for leagues because there is that issue with teams like well, no, I was just going to use an ex- example with two tier one teams <laughs> I was going to use well, things like Dwarves and Amazons in tournaments you can kind of kind of offset that a little bit with the skill packages but then in a 1000 TV or sorry you know 1 million TV yeah. Yeah. league when you put those two teams together one just smashes the other and that kind of is the case with some of the stunty teams as well which means that they're slower to grow so maybe having a tier system which means lower tier teams start off with more I think that yeah. could work I don't see why that couldn't it would be interesting to see uh, especially that like you said either a couple of extra starting skills or extra gold to spend on your team to start it off it would be really interesting to see you kind of launch pad in right I'm going to start running a halfling team but I come in at 1100 um, and I can spend up to 100 of that on skills so I can start off with some better stuff to give me that advantage it's it's interesting I mean we've, we've talked briefly about turbo leagues before and you know ones with special launch pads to start off the league it it, it, it just the way league is that yeah your example of dwarves and amazons is tournaments they're both tier one but i don't think amazons are in the same tier as dwarves in league i think dwarves are top tier in league yes but, but i don't think they're top tier in tournaments i agree um i think i may have even put them at did i put them in top tier or did i put them in 1.5 yeah, I think that's probably about right because you know dwarf team and orc team in a tournament are pretty, pretty well matched. Uh, but yeah, I don't think they're gonna win a lot of tournaments. They're gonna no. they're gonna perform well, but they're not gonna win it. I think and that's I think the thing that, with high well, just higher TV dwarves, don't they? Sort of fall off. They they peak early dwarves, don't they? <laughs> uh, the, well, yeah, dwarves just get solid and then chaos just swoops in afterwards. Yeah. So I I think really the the ultimate thing with tears is. There are so many different points in Blood Bowl that there cannot be a single tier unless you have a standardised format. If you've got a standardised competitive format, then you can have a tier list. But if you're going to have tiering for League, tiering for Sevens, tiering for this build, tiering for that build, it's going to be different. And I think it's up to TOs to set their own tierings and be okay changing it up a bit. Yeah, I think experiment, you know, see what works. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of tempted to sneak that five tier list into a tournament next year, but the, the tournaments we run, I don't know if that would work very well. I mean, it's tricky enough doing a, a mixed team, adding <laughs> jobby for bonehead bowl, and then if I throw in five tiers, it's going to be a uh, carnage. Um, <laughs> worth a try though, you know, might be worth a try. Oh, it's Maybe definitely worth considering. One. But one other thing that I have got for tierings in leagues is what we did with seven super series. So it's seven sure we we applied the tiering list and we said that after each game you get one more skill and the skill that you are allowed is based on the game and based on the tier so for tier one it went normal normal double normal normal for tier two it went normal double normal double normal and for tier three it went double double normal double double so your teams advanced the tv kept similarly but you're kind of it did split it up and I know it's a it's a, a resurrection league which uh, kind of an acquired taste I love it and I think it worked great for sevens but you do get that slight advantage and something I have been working on is, is kind of like accruing advancement money so there's a couple of RPGs out there where you collect advancement points and then you can collect them right. and spend them how you want if you had a, a league 
where you were using a tiering system, it could be as simple as tier 1 teams get 20k after each match that they can put towards their advancements. Tier 2 teams get 30k or 25k and then over time you will squeeze extra teams in. That's the only thing I could think of to kind of chuck it in there to a very simple method of, of brewing up that cash to squeeze those extra teams in as the league goes on. And, and that's just something I've been working on because I think it could be really interesting and, and especially in environments such as Sevens or Resurrection League it could keep it quite close I have to try that record, yeah. a, record an episode about that I think it's worth worth looking at so yeah let us know your thoughts on leagues let us know what you've seen that you thought worked really well um, I know that there's some people out there who hate tiers um, hate tierings and things so just yeah get in contact let us know what you use what you've found good and um, yeah be cool to know your thoughts Righto, it's star player time. And I'm not going to say that we're running out of star players, but what are we on, episode 35? Yeah. Yeah, okay, and we've, we've covered quite a lot of teams in depth. So what we'll do is we'll carry on doing star players as Games Workshop comes out with them and things like that. But we've got uh, the Marnival Stunty Cup in Birmingham coming up in a couple of weeks' time. I'm going up, Ben's still umming and ahhing about whether he's allowed. Is that all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, cool. Um... I'm going up there with my Chaos Halflings. It's it's Stunty League, and they've got a bunch of bespoke star players for it. And some of the more interesting ones are, are, are two here. We've talked about a bunch of them before, um, like Chomper and Stomper, the Mangler Squigs, and the Thunder Shout, Gristle Nasher, the Giant. Yes. They've got a lot of cool stuff. And we're off to... Well, I'm off to Manabal, and some of the more unusual ones are kind of war machines that used to be in Warhammer. I thought it's definitely worth just talking about these because it's really clever player design. We've got a Doom Diver catapult and a hot pot. So the Doom Diver catapult was in Warhammer, and is it still in Warhammer, Ben? I don't know. That's a good question. No, I don't know. I don't think so. I'm going to say it's not, oh, and probably some people will call me out on that, but I don't think it is. So it was a catapult that launched actual goblins. Uh, with poorly designed bat wings into the air and they used to splat at targets and we had a hot pot which is in blood bowl rules now they brought it in as a halfling inducement um which was just a massive bowl of soup that the halflings just okay so you know the kind of you know the kind of like catapult elastic band that yes the wily coyote, coyote and every cartoon character ever used themselves to launch them off <laughs> basically these these are two star players that are essentially weapons teams in blood bowl which i think is a very interesting piece of design space that we need to investigate at some point because i've got a rattling gun skaven miniature that i desperately needs to be on the blood bowl pitch that that would massive, be good <laughs> right how much ridiculousness would that be and then it just carries on endless spells that's one of the next things we need oh. to talk about yeah, because yes. I may not, may or may not have picked up that from James for twenty-two pounds, and I, oh man, the purple son of Shaiish on the blood bowl pitch. <laughs> Goodbye, both teams. Goodbye, giants. Oh, yeah. there's going to be so many grognard players out there that are going to have a fit. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Back to the stunty league. So we've got the Doom Diver catapult and the hot pot, 
and we're going to talk through them now. So the Doom Diver catapult can be taken by Noblar, Gnome or Snotling teams. It costs 60k, it's got 2 movement, it's got 2 strength, 3 agility and 8 armour. So that's that's quite tough in the meta that is the, um, the Stunty League. Skills wise, we've got Loner, Always Hungry, Hail Mary Pass, Pass, Secret Weapon, 10 plus, Strong Arm and Throw Teammate. So, <laughs> is it worth talking about the secret weapon thing first, just in case? Let's go straight in with that. So, yeah. Stunty League, the secret weapons don't automatically get ejected. The whole idea is that the Stunty League is just not run well at all. Um, so, the 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 more subtle your secret weapon, the less chance of it being sent off. So, a chainsaw is normally a 7+. plus. So, at the end of the drive, normally when a secret weapon would get sent off, your opponent rolls 2d6, needs to get that score or higher to kick him off the pitch. Right. Somehow, the Doom Diver catapult <laughs> is, is fine, and you need a 10+, plus on 2d6, which I think is equivalent to a natural 6. Um, so what's a 10 plus? So 10 is what, a 3? Close enough. Five, yeah. So a six, 6 out of 36 chance to send it off. So <laughs> it's a secret weapon. It wouldn't surprise me if the fluff behind that is that it's just too much work for the referee to, <laughs> yeah. to, to get them to take this war machine off I'm the pitch. I'm with that. I can see that. I like it. So it's got Always Hungry, which definitely is not the Doom Diver eating them, but the Doom Diver just malfunctioning and killing the goblin being launched. <laughs> Which, which is amazing. Reasonable. Now, Hail, Hail Mary Pass does not work for throw teammate. It absolutely should. But I it feel doesn't. like it's added in there to work with throw teammate. Like, oh, how good would that be? I yeah. think let it work, but it scatters yeah. six times instead, right? <laughs> just make it a stunty league thing as well. Like, mate, if you don't want to put it in a regular blood bowl. Yeah. It would just be ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's got pass and strong arm. So you, you're doing the throws with plus one and an integral re-roll so you're launching your, your your stunty player six squares on a two plus with an integral re-roll so if it doesn't malfunction and kill the goblin you've got a very reliable um throw teammate which is really really cool mm -hmm. and you've got hail mary pass there in the end they can just chuck the ball in the catapult and whip it down the pitch no problem at all <laughs> two plus again with a re-roll again so it's a pretty secure thing and for only 60k yeah so cheap uh, I love this toy. I think it's just great fun. Yeah, I mean, paired with an actual Doom Diver as well, and that's genuinely pretty good. Oh man, it would just be so much fun to run this. Yeah, this is it. These have come out from looking at which lists to take, and the Hot Pot has a very similar outlook on life. Um, so this can only be taken by Pro Halfling, which is a really fun list. I, I, look at the Stunty League. The Stunty League's great. There's just some awesome teams on there. But the Pro Halfling team is probably the closest thing in the Stunty League to a proper team available because <laughs> it brings in some good stuff. Uh, so this bad boy is 60k for a movement 1, strength 1, edge 3, armor 9. Makes sense because it's a big cauldron thing. Um, and this is Bombardier Hail Mary Pass. Okay, that's uh, everything yeah. else. Nothing else matters. We'll carry on. Really stupid. Regeneration and take root. So the idea, what do you think? It take root, you get stuck in the ground, so it can't move anywhere. Yeah, it's too full. Yeah, but it's still hail mary passing bombardier. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just it's just throwing cauldrons of hot stuff up and down the pitch. It's got really stupid because it might not work, and I like that as well. 
Yeah. It, it might not work, but it doesn't doesn't go wrong. Um, you, and you it's mean, got regeneration. I don't know why it's got regeneration. Uh, well, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Like, yeah, it'll come back. They can put it back together again. Go on the sideline. Yeah, they have a chance to fill it up. Yeah. But again, 60k, and you've just got a weapon that you could just pop on the pitch and just lob bombs up. It doesn't have secret weapon. It's not going no. anywhere. Oh, Bombardier, that secret weapon is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just 60k. Yeah. And this thing, you just pop it in your end zone and just chuck bombs at stuff. Yeah, I mean, which which in a regular league is great fun, right? Yes. Uh, did you did you achieve the hail mary pass bombardier? It was or were you the, the first skill I ever got on my gro- yeah uh, my goblin bomber. Yeah. Right. How much was your games from there from then on just spent doing that? Uh, I think he killed himself in the next two after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ben, that does not surprise me, Ben, at all about your goblin. So I can't really say. Yeah. Oh, disgraceful. Um, but. Uh, it, it's just it's just a whole load of fun but this is the meta of the stunty league where your average player your 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 the dwarves in the stunty league are goblins right yeah. the best players are goblins which is strength two armor seven there is barely anything tougher than that almost everything is weaker your average player in the stunty league is a halfling so bombardiering halflings it's <laughs> that, brutal isn't it it's easy prey yeah, it's just arm rolls, isn't it? Straight. Well, I think you knock, oh, it's it's knock them down and then arm roll. Yeah. And it does. Does does bombardier normally use? Um, does it benefit from mighty blow or is it just a straight armor roll? I think it's straight armor roll because I think it just knocks them prone. But it's the wizard that, uh, yeah, wizard fireballs. Yeah. That's yeah. That does use mighty blow, doesn't it? Oh, does it? Oh god, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh right, okay. Boom. Um, which is cool. So it's slightly, slightly better. So yeah, Ben, what are your thoughts on these War Machine players for Stunty League? Oh, love them. <laughs> like, I'm really glad I'm not going because now I really want a pro halfling team. <laughs> Man, the pro halfling team is wicked. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's the Games Workshop have done well to progress the halfling team, but the pro halfling team just does it a little bit better. Um, and, but hey, that just means we've got more teams to play with, doesn't it? Yeah, if you if you see some of these war machines, let let me know because I want to see some pictures. <laughs> I'm so see tempted. I'm so tempted. So you guys out there, if you're headed to Marnabol, drop us a line. Let us know what team you're taking. Let us know what star players you're taking because the beauty of the Stunty League is the ridiculousness of these star players. And and yeah, let us know what you're running because there's just so much fun to be had. Um, that I just yeah, come along if you can. Or just play your own league. Uh, I think there's just so much to be done out there with Blood Bowl. Um, right, Ben, I think that wraps up everything I had to go on about today. Yep, I think me too. You're all good? Yeah, I'm going to get plenty of rest and time for Beachhead this weekend. Yeah, i got to print out all the lists and packs and things tomorrow. We've just had uh, our 36th player sign up, which is quite cool. And they've sent their list through, so boom. Oh, Very excited about that. I know, could be cool. will be a huge day, loads of stuff going on. And yeah, um, guys, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, let us know your thoughts on all the nonsense we talked about today. Let us know what tournaments you're going to. Hopefully we'll see you at Beachhead. Um, even if you're not playing, pop on down, say hello, um, and enjoy the convention. But uh, yeah, if we don't see you there, maybe we'll see you at Marnabol. If not, we will just catch you online. So thank you very much for listening. And Ben, thanks so much for joining me again today. Pleasure as always. 
Wicked. And I'll see you on Saturday. Yes, see you on Saturday. Fantastic. Guys, thanks very much for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Doodles. <laughs>